So welcome to His and Hers Podcast, welcome. Playlist Podcast. Welcome, guys. Welcome. This is our maiden voyage. This is our maiden voyage. It's our first episode, I know. Sarah. This is our first episode. I'm a little feel? nervous, but here we are. Me too. It's always weird getting like broadcasting microphones, right? When you, <laughs> I could talk to you for days and then I get a microphone in front of me and I'm like, I know, I, I know it's know so hard to, to like pull back on our conversations. We're just like, save it for the podcast, save it for yeah. the podcast. But then some yeah. part of me really wonders if I'm indulging in my narcissistic side and, you know, even just thinking or considering that someone would want to know what I have to say for like an extended amount of time. Um, so this is a big leap no, for totally. me. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a, yeah, it's a weird experience, Super right? Weird. It's like, I mean, we're both musicians. We've done the whole performing in mm-hmm. front of people and that makes sense. But to like actually think someone wants to hear yeah. me talk, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, but we're going to, we're going to find out if people are going to like this. Here so, it comes. so his and hers, what our idea is, we're going to talk about playlists. We're going to do about two, maybe three episodes a month. We're going to talk about our favorite songs. We'll have a yes. theme. Sometimes we won't have a theme. We'll just dive right into like the top five songs we like that week. For this first episode, we are going to dive into the top five songs that shaped us Ooh. or really touched us as kids. <laughs> Big moment. This you is know? a lot of pressure, you guys. Yeah. To anyone who is listening, this is a lot of pressure because we all <laughs> we both have so many favorites and it was really difficult narrowing this down to five. I just want to speak on that for yeah. a second. Oh, for real. I mean, I I felt the same way in the sense of like, don't you feel like there's songs that shape you in different ages 100%. of your life? Yeah, you know what I, I mean, I you. It's like it's for the moments when you're in the back seat of a car and you're looking out into the misty rain and you're listening to Bonnie Vare and you're really in your feels oh, yeah. or you're you know getting pumped and you have you know. Oh, I met you at the blood <laughs> bank. Yeah, exactly. yeah I, I got you. I, I, I'm there. Or. Like your first, you know, your first breakup. Yeah. Those songs affected breakup. me so much. I mean, Ryan yeah, Adams. Yeah, when you move out of the house for the first time. pick me up. Yeah, when you, yeah, when you yeah. move out of the house for the first Take time. I went to boarding up. school, so I left home at 16, and that really did shape my musical independence <laughs> and my ability to consume yeah, new music. Yeah, for real. Uh, going to college, doing your first job. Yeah. You know, like... I will, I will never be more attached to the music that I have to listen to on my drive to work that really is necessary for my emotional health. <laughs> you know, those moments. Like, really yeah, shake. absolutely. Or the songs that empower mm-hmm. you too, right? Like mm-hmm. all those feelings of like 18, like you could conquer the world listening to, you know, I don't know, <laughs> no effects or something because I'm One- too much of a... <laughs> white boy punk 100 you know 100%. what i mean percent it's it's so it's great i mean i just i'm such a nerd for music like we're both such nerds for music so i guess this is really what the pinnacle of our discussions come down to anyway totally and we are five minutes into our first episode and we have not introduced ourselves i'm luke and, and that's Sarah. I'm Sarah. Hello. Nice to meet you guys. I Should we say our ages? Do you want to use your last name? Is that name? like a thing or are we going to get doxxed? <laughs> like what is? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to use my like stage name, Luke William, but I, I think I'll go with Luke yeah, Fisher. Yeah, I think 
I'm yeah, Luke Fisher. He's Luke Fisher. I'm Sarah Marquis. It looks like Marquis, but it's really Marquis. Um, <laughs> yes. Because it's that I badass. Did grow up, it is that I badass. I did grow up mispronouncing my last name, but here's the clarification for all the world to hear. Um, yeah, Luke, say a little bit about you. Say a little bit about your history. You've done so much in music, you've toured. D- give a little give a oh. little bio give the people what they want oh, thank <laughs> you uh, um yes i've been music's always sort of once i figured out what a band was and what you could you know the freedom you could have as a a musician and I, that's all i've ever wanted to do i remember in high school i was i made varsity lacrosse and my white nice. boyness is coming nice. out super hard right now but um and my sophomore year of high school, I remember I sold every piece of lacrosse equipment I had to get my first like big amp. Really? I remember it was like a shitty PV. Oh yeah, I sold everything and it was like 200 bucks and it had four channels so all my friends, we could all plug into the same amp and try to jam. It's <laughs> amazing. And uh, yeah, that was sort of my start. Um, then I toured at a young age. I, I started touring at 17, 18 with bands from my hometown and my own bands, and then um, moved to Los Angeles and kept doing sort of the same thing. Um, kept making music, kept doing, loving music, appreciating. Then I met you at one of the craziest jobs I've ever been Literally at. We don't, the job that will not yeah, be named. Insanity. But you are you are the piece of treasure yeah. that I found in that dark dark place (laughs) yeah we instantly yeah we instantly connected and you're just it's you're one of those people that i've met in my life that the first time i met you it felt like i knew you five years same and it was an easy step to start a podcast (laughs) so yes tell us tell us a little bit about you i know you mentioned boarding school but so i'm one of those um i was an art kid i was singing before i could speak i was performing Um, you know, I got recognized by a local voice teacher who really pushed me to go to this art sporting school in the middle of nowhere, Michigan, um, which was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, and then from there, I actually studied classical music, um, at university of Michigan for two years. I was really on that grind. And once I found out that, you couldn't really have a career in classical music as a woman until 35, which is when your vocal cords fully develop. I kind of split. <laughs> I, I said, wow, I did not know yeah. that. I had no idea Isn't that was that a crazy. Thing. Yeah, your vocal cords don't fully develop as a woman until you're 35. So you're not even at your pinnacle vocal, you know, performance capacity until that age when you're in college yeah um so it's just a lot of training and so I secretly applied to Berkeley College of Music in Boston and I went and auditioned I got in I moved myself across the country and I studied music business there and music technology and did some songwriting did some singing And from there, you know, the Mecca is Los Angeles or New York. I have too much anxiety for New York City. Um, That's not on a vacation. So L.A. was the spot to be. Very true. And from there. Which doesn't have any anxiety or anything along those lines. Los Angeles has none of those. It's just like L.A. was just the place (laughs) I needed to go. Um, And so now I'm here. I met you. I came across you. And 
it was, you know, we got yeah. to geek out on music and here we are now pr- like producing something for everyone to listen to that maybe won't get annoyed when we talk about it for an hour straight. Um, exactly. You know, you got to find your tribe. Yeah, you got to find your tribe. So <laughs> you are it. That's why I always love talking music yeah. with you is because we have such radically, as everyone will find yeah. out, radically different music Two tastes. ends of the spectrum. Yeah, but I love getting my eyes, my mind blown by music that I don't think I would ever actually go out and find myself. Yeah, you know what and I mean? same, same with you. And you've done that so much yeah, for me. Yeah, same with you. Like, I think we just, I think we, I think we both sit at two ends of the millennial generation and really i think through our music tastes together we really show the variety of influence that happened within that generation because you're pulling from i mean they'll see but you have like the pop like the punk scene you have the metal scene you have you know very guitar led bands very like you know and don't trust me like Everyone listening, you know I went through an emo phase. But, you know, you have that grasp. and I, We all did. We all did. I had a used yeah, t-shirt. I, I, I think I'm, I'm still you. stuck in it, to be honest with you. But, you know, like, <laughs> I have more of the We'll end have to have that. a top five emo album. Yeah, exactly. I have more of the end of that spectrum, which is, you know, a little bit more hip-hop, a little bit more top 40 but i like to say off of that that sounds that's probably the most pretentious thing i've ever said that's such a cool thing i mean it's rite of passage in anything i mean just to find your niche find what makes you you because as much of fashion as much of anything Mm -hmm. in life like music is what we are music is the things we love music is the things we do and on that note let's dive in to your Top five. Top five. Okay. Well, I'm just going to list them off and then we'll kind of break them down. Um, The first would have to be my namesake. I'm named after Fleetwood Mac's Sarah. Um, Amazing song. Oh, I love that. Let's dive into that right now, actually. You can never go wrong with a good Stevie Nicks led song. No, not at all. You know what I mean? And there's so much value in Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks songwriting wise, um, you know, lyrically, melodically, instrumental. This, this album in particular yeah they're firing at all cylinders i mean the guitar layering is just insane. It's insane i mean it's like yeah the amount of just vocal processing even for the 70s i mean i know it was remastered but the the ending with the big background mm-hmm. vocals the ooh ah yeah oohs, like it's just the, the, there's so much there's so much i don't know delicacy del- delicateness in the way that it is sung but it is so intense every every Fleetwood Mac song is so intense specifically this album Tusk it was you know written and released in 1979 so you're coming off of the 70s rock you're coming off of Bowie you're coming off of the Almond Bros it's Boston journey you're in the middle of punk and you're in the middle of disco the middle of disco and um this was Tusk is my favorite album that they've created probably because it has my namesake on it but it's right after rumors yeah. they just 
artist had, you know, kind of come out with rumors. They went to the village recording studio. I mean, how do you top rumors? Yeah, they went to the village recording studio in Santa Monica. I've been there. I've gotten to sit in Studio D where they recorded this album. Ooh, it was is that a yeah, cool it was feeling? the coolest I, I still to this day can't thank my friend enough who let me have that experience because it was just it was so cathartic. Absolutely. I mean, oh God, just to be in the room of people who created something that just touched your life. Like I remember I was in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and I got to go to Fame Studios where Dwayne Allman played. It's madness. Just to be in a room that you know somebody that you just love Mm -hmm. and respect and value, and they've put so much value into your life. Is just insane. Yeah. It's that's such a cool feeling. It gave me yeah, chills. Yeah, the vibration or... is still there. Like you, it echoes in your mind. It's really surreal. It's pretty surreal and like hundred you know, percent. Oh, just yeah. to be in the space. I mean, that's like going to you know the cottage that Van Gogh cut his ear off in, like and produced all of these paintings. Oh. Like that lasts. It's in Absolutely. the bones of the structure of the studios. Um, and I think as musicians also like there's not enough recognition of how sacred a studio space is and how important it is for the creation process and just to be able to see what they were seeing and experience that kind of like tightness and that an enclosed room with no windows and this is your recycled air that you're going to create this massive mammoth album (laughs) off of is just so cool. And then Tasia is is right at, like, Sarah is so heartfelt. This song, I mean, Stevie Nicks is bleeding on each note in this song. Yeah. This eight-minute epic. I know. It's, it's an actual, yeah, it has movements in it. And it's actually, fun fact, which I just realized, was that this was written about her best friend named Sarah, who eventually married Mick Fleetwood. So it was like, it was really important. Well, they all had sex. Yeah, they with all had sex with each, e- with each other. There was like a whole, I'm like, there's a rumor. Stephen Mag is the most androgynous yeah. band of all <laughs> I time. Know. I know. There was like this rumored like relationship with her and Mick Fleetwood. And then she, you know, sent her best friend off to go marry him. And so it was really like, this song wasn't uh, only Stevie Nicks's. It was, it was Mick Fleetwood's. And I feel like that's why it's absolutely. so important is that it's, I think, Sarah, you know, although I never met her, um, she was kind of like the bridging of the of the, you know, tones of what this song would be. So, I mean, yeah, this has to be my oh, number one deep. favorite that's song a beautiful of all time. <laughs> all right. Wow. Yeah. Cool. What's number so two? Number two is going to be Yoga by Bjork. And the only reason I say Bjork is because in an interview, she will explain to you that <laughs> she goes, my name is Bjork, like jerk. <laughs> So that is how you properly pronounce Bjork. Um, I love this song. Talk about epics, right? Like this song. Seriously, Sarah, this song goes from industrial to like. everything. And I got to say, Bjork is like the robber Mm -hmm. plant of female singers. absolutely. She has, she can hit any note she Mm -hmm. wants. She has no, nothing holds her back. When she's singing, that end part, I wrote it down because I was like, what the yeah, hell? Like the emotional landscapes part. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just insane. It's pretty insane. And yeah, like, am I still in? When she's hitting those mm-hmm. notes that she's just like 
calling out. And then the rhythm section, the whole percussion yep. is so creative. Yeah, you have the percussion. It's so have, insanely Yeah, creative. you have the woodwinds, you have the strings, you have the percussion. If you watch the music video, it's very, I get just like a soaring feeling to this song. And she represents such a gateway experience to, you know, like the Cockatoo Twins. You have Sophie, rest in peace, this amazing, you know, trans artist that is, has become pretty popular in the last few years. You have Arca, cool. you have Kate Bush, you have queer culture, feminism, you have kind of the the uh, re-idealism of, of femininity in music, you know? And I think it does definitely Absolutely. speak. I think this song definitely does speak to how you know, not living in America or westernized society. I guess Iceland is westernized, but it's very isolated. It's very, you know, discreet. They have not a lot of people on that island. So she didn't have this like Americanized pop She's culture from Norway, right? to influence her. This is all just straight from her brain. And it's so cool. Which is amazing. She's from Norway, right? She's from Iceland. Norway? Mm-hmm. Iceland. Okay. But Bjork, this this song was amazing to me because it it, it sounded like a Nine Inch Nails tune at right. some point. And then it sounded like a jewel, almost really heartfelt mm-hmm. Icelandic folk song. And then we go back into like super heavy yeah. industrial. You have like Trent Reznor super vibes cool. in there. Yeah. Oh, that's an instantly mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I thought of. Like with that breakdown and the, the rhythm, almost like the... I always loved when Trent Reznor did on Hurt where he has the chain and the bucket. Yes. And that's like the rhythm at the end. And that's almost like what they use for the snare in this, which was so, it's just so creative. Yeah. It's amazing. It almost has a Tom Waits vibe mm-hmm. to it. It's, it's very, it's, I feel like this song in particular is just a very like visual song. Like this paints a landscape that is expansive. Like no matter what you're doing, no matter where, like where you are emotionally, I feel like this song has some kind of ability to like open you up, to break you open and, and really just kind of allow 100%. you to you know, visualize something. So yeah, I would say that would have to be yeah. one of my one of my songs for sure. She's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. What's the next my one? My next one. This was a this is an important one. This is No Role Models by J. Cole. Now this ah, song J. Cole. J. Cole, my guy J. Cole, he is amazing. Um he's from Fayetteville, North Carolina. He listened to a lot of like Nas and Tupac. So he kind of created this mixture of West Coast rap and South, like rap from the South. And you can hear that in the strings. You can hear that in the string portion of No Role Models because strings were a very like West Coast sound at the beginning of the emergence of the hip hop world. And this song, like the reason I love J. Cole so much is because he's so lyrically driven. If anyone listening can tell, I really like lyrically driven music. And um, this song is just, it's really awesome. It's super powerful. This was kind of my gateway into really loving and understanding not only hip hop, but R&B as well. Um, and 2014 Forest Absolutely. Hills Drive is is a mecca of an album. It is, it is, it represents, I feel like adolescence all the way up to driving your car down the coast with like the person that you just proposed to. Like it's a really coming of age album and song. I, this was the first time I've ever heard Mm -hmm. J Cole. And 
I loved it because it had that laid back, almost Southern trap feel, especially in the Mm -hmm. hi-hat. But then it had that West Coast strings. It had that West Coast laid back vibe to it, like almost like a CL Smooth, almost like, you know, Pete Rock back in the day. I mean, that's New York, but... You know, I, it had that sort of soul to it, which is so hard for me to find in hip hop. Not to, not to say that I don't love hip hop and I value and appreciate every artist that I've, I've listened to because there's so much artistic beauty in yeah. hip hop and so much lyrical beauty. Poetry. You know, it's so amazing, but it's never like my first mm-hmm. choice. But this this song really got me because I know you as a feminist yeah. and I know you and I love the line that he says when he says, when I wasn't calling bitches bitches so yep. heavily. And I was like, oh, Huge. shit. Like, I love hip hop that is self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. That is not just talking about how cool yeah, I am. It's reflective. What it's I ref- can do better than you. Absolutely. It's, yeah, totally. He's looking at himself like, I don't even want to call these girls bitch. Like, why am I yeah, doing this? Yeah, you can really hear the introspection in him. Artists like him, child, like early Childish Gambino, early, you know, Kendrick Lamar. Like, you have these, you know, even Jay-Z, like Jay-Z putting poetry to a beat. Like, it's very introspective, oh like personal um storytelling that he's creating in this song and it's i think it's really relatable to a lot of people as well i think it's um definitely like melodically it sticks in your head very well as well so you know you're just like bopping along to it like this is one of those songs that i could listen to on repeat all day if if no one was around i love when the piano Mm -hmm. hits with the strings Mm -hmm. The vocal layering is so West Coast hip hop. Very much, very much. You so. know, it's like so. It's a rough day, but everything is. Oh, you mm-hmm. know, like that vocal doubling. That's so West yeah. Coast. I have to say, my favorite part of the entire song was "Fool Me Once." Shame on you. Fool, fool. me twice. Came with the blame on <laughs> you. Fool, fool me. You can't fool me again. <laughs> when when he does the bush yes. drop, that was awesome. so sick, right? It was so yeah, good. it's just. I mean, it's just, I, I love harking back to presidents that I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it can get worse. History buff Luke <laughs> like, Fisher. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, this album is is wild. And, you know, this is, it's just, it's a masterpiece. This this single is is so great. I just, I love it. Yeah, you sold me. I, I listened to his whole that whole right? record. It's I loved great. it. I Like I said, hip hop's not my first yeah. choice, but I listened to it like all weekend. Yeah. I like somebody who can look at himself and go, hey, I am not perfect, but I am fucking trying. And And that's mm -hmm. like, that's fucking great. That's just so nice. It's just so nice to hear. And believe me, I love me a hype up All Eyes on Me by Tupac. Of course. Those songs are awesome because they make you feel great and they make you feel like on top of the world. But I like songs that make you Mm -hmm. think. And we're such thinkers. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're feminists, but we're two sides of the same coin. You know, like we listen to songs that might not degrade women, but but have colorful. But that's also a part of feminism and a part of saying, hey, we can we're taking it back and do whatever we want. 100%. This is me digging myself into a hole as all these women are going to yell at us. But (laughs) This is Luke Fisher mansplaining feminism according to a J. Cole song. That's not what I was trying to do. (laughs) 
Stop what I was trying to do. We forgive you. I was just you. saying, okay. I love it. It's okay. No, it's an it's All right, an moving on. Song. Next one. Um, okay, so that brings me to a quick change up. And we've got Northern Wind by City in Color. Um, I don't know if you know. Oh, what a right? song. I don't know if you know anything about Dallas Green. He is one of my favorite songwriters of all time. Um, I know the yeah, name. So he. For sure. I, this was the first time mm-hmm, I got into it. So him. he was the singer in this band called Alexis on Fire, um, which is a Canadian metal band. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Huge. Alexis on Fire was yes, awesome. Yes, and they're, they're, all of their albums are amazing. Throwback to, you know, oh, the MySpace so days. Um, oh, but, God damn right. <laughs> yeah. And so I discovered him through that, um, which obviously opened more doors for, you know, pop punk, metal, um, that kind of genre. But Northern Wind is super cut back. It's very intimate. It's very personal and lyrically, it is so beautiful. Um, There's something so primal about somebody with a guitar singing in metaphors. Absolutely. Right? I, I don't know. It's just like a guy, it, it harkens back to me like the times of storytellers around mm-hmm. a fire before guitars were easily manufactured. It's this somebody, you know, the line that he says, you are all four yeah. seasons at the same yeah. time. It's like, ah, oh, that's so sick. That's like such, it's so simple. It's almost like a, ja- a Jackson Pollock mm-hmm. painting. It's just splash paint, but he did it first. You know, it's like so pure and so honest. Yeah. And I love Yeah, honesty. like you're the cold December snow and the warm July sun. Like you can feel that. Yeah. It's epic. That's amazing. Yeah, it's just primal. Which, it's, and like yeah, music like, like this. Something inside Yeah, music you. like this, City in Color, um, singer songwriters from like early 2000s is it, there's something really visceral and almost feels kind of like a like a, a rubber band snapback because most of the time these are really like rhythmic artists that you've listened to with like you know hype music pop punk heavy like totally, high bpm absolutely. and there's something so vulnerable and beautiful about hearing a man sing on a guitar and that's it that i mean that's what city in color is is his name is totally, dallas green right so that's the city in color oh that's so that's that's yeah deep. and this that's whole beautiful. album this whole album little hell is incredible it is beautiful it's beautifully written it has amazing songs oh sister little hell great stuff really intense really emotional but um, sometimes that's what you gotta hear. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta feel it out. Oh, absolutely. I, I am. We are the same way in yeah. that way. Where I, when I'm sad, I put on sad yeah, songs. Of I course. like. I like. Yeah. Sad there's songs. no. There's no more like beautiful pain than listening, like putting on a sad song when you're already sad. Like nothing is more beautifully masochistic than right? that. <laughs> and it makes you feel like you're not alone. Yeah. I mean, that's like one of the best things about music they're your fucking best friends they're your companions through life these albums that used to live in your giant cd binder that was in your car or did i just age myself so hard (laughs) or like you know what i mean or in my mini disc player when i was in middle school it's they live with you they're they're a part of you when you're sad, when you're happy. They're your victory songs. They're your sad. So I mean, yeah, they. That's why you yeah, love they, them. Yeah, music etches like 
spells into my bones. Music is, even if there were, if I had no pictures for the rest of my life, if all of my, you know, childhood, adolescent, grown up pictures were destroyed, put on a song and I'll be able to remember a lot more. (laughs) Like if I'm ever in a coma, you know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. You got got you. All right, that brings us to our fi- our final our final song. song from Sarah. Um, so this one is "Limit to Your Love" by James Blake. This is a cover that he did. The original artist is Feist. Um, she's a solo artist. I don't know if you know the song one, two, three, four, but that was a big hit at the moment. Yes. Um, so this was original. Totally. It was in the iPad commercials, yeah. right? Yes, one, exactly. Two, exactly. Yep. Um, so this was written by her, but uh, James Blake did this cover on one of on his self-titled album, which I believe was his first album. And the minute that I heard this song, it just sent me skyrocketing into what electronic music could sound like. Because initially, you know, we'd hear like the 303s and, you know, the party oh rock and LMFAO, like TikTok by Kesha yeah, vibes. Totally. And it's and it totally pulls you back. It's R and B and sonically like um just electronically driven music it's super layered his vocals are always very layered his synths are layered his sounds are layered watching him perform live is just him and keyboards so it's it's which is it's insane. It's, it's insane. I've, I've gotten the incredible pleasure to see him a couple of times. And every time he's just like filled the room with just the sounds that he's creating solo. But what wow. did you think about the song? It's amazing. I, I think, and I will go out on my limb, my giant limb out here. Uh, I think James Blake is the best pop singer of our time. Thank you. I agree. I think he's the most, there's something about him. He can make a minor chord so emotionally aggressive. Mm -hmm. It's like insane. It's, it's aggressive on an emotional level. I mean, he is, he can craft words. He can do things that are just, that are just different. Like on this song, there's a part where it's just drums and his vocals and it's so Mm -hmm. full. It's completely full. It's he is he is one of those artists for me, and I know he is very famous in his own right, but he should be more famous. Oh yeah, you know what definitely. I mean. Definitely, he's he's a spheric artist. He covers. He yeah. can play acoustic. No, but he could he could literally sing solo in the middle of a room, and everyone within hearing distance would turn around and no, stop. you'd stop. Yeah, you know. Oh, I mean, he would. He'd be a millionaire singing on the subway. Yeah. Because everybody would get, I yeah. mean, he's, he's that good. He's one of those artists that you stop and yeah. listen. And, he, and the, and the greatest it. part is that you can see and hear within his production, within his albums, within his visuals, that he is so technically driven. He knows what's happening at totally. all times. He knows when it's on the off. He knows when things need to swell. He produces all of his own music too. So he's he really is, is a master of his craft and really paved the way for a lot of newer artists, like bedroom pop artists, to come about. 100%. I mean, I don't think if there wasn't a James Blake, there wouldn't be a, a eyelash Billy, Billy <laughs> Eilish. No, there wouldn't. The I don't eyelash. Think, I don't think this. I think if 
I think her vocals are so impressive and so crystal clean and yeah. and intimate that she would be successful. But she, I I don't think that artists like her would have access to the same sounds. You know, he really brought no, in and that. no one would take a bedroom. Yeah, no one would take a bedroom artist before James Blake. Seriously, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? He paved the way to like, oh mm-hmm. shit, you can do what Post Malone. Like he paved the way for all these people getting a microphone in their living room with a good engineer brother and boom. Easy peasy. You know, I mean, the eyelash, she just like whispers (laughs) on every song. We, okay, but we somehow stand Billie Eilish on this web on this web series because on this podcast, we love her. We love you, (laughs) Billie. Yes, I love her too. She is one of those, the most unique style, fashion pop stars that I've ever seen or come come across it's just I think without James Blake you know he was a classical pianist before anything so he has integrated any kind of chord system any kind of progression any kind of melody that you can think of he's internalized it and he the way he expresses it sonically is so impressive and this song to me is so impressive and so visceral there are things about what he can do, and especially on that yeah. song, that I don't think any other artist would take the risk to do. Like, be that naked on a track where it's the, everything drops out and it's an yeah. off-time mm-hmm. drum and, drum beat. And yeah, he the, the appreciation, the appreciation of James Blake throughout multiple genres. I mean, you've seen him on a Travis Scott song before. Like, he really has the artistic ability to span. I, b- I believe every kind of genre possible and create something super, super cool and really unique and catchy, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Wow, Sarah, that was, that was an amazing list. It was you. so, it's all over the place, but so yeah, you. It's, <laughs> it's so great. It's amazing. Yeah, it's ver- I needed, I really needed variety because I listened to so much. I'm such a musical sponge that I really needed to account for yeah. any kind of sound that I am accustomed to. So yeah, that is my Absolutely. top five, guys. What about you? Let's go into Luke. Okay, Fisher's so here we go. Five. So it's a little bit of a drastic difference <laughs> a little uh, different but still yours. good i am i really liked all of them oh totally oh my god i mean if you if you said these songs were were bad i would cry <laughs> i just say all of them some are of bad. my all-time favorite all-time favorite songs um but yeah i mean the first time i heard a guitar it just made sense yeah. to me it was everything that was right with the world it just made it was me you know those moments where you, where you hear something or see something and you're like holy mm-hmm. shit like that's something that maybe I'm not supposed to do, but I've never wanted anything more. Your siren more. call. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And these songs were songs for me. So when I was trying to pick these top five that affected me or changed me or shaped me as a kid or growing up, and I tried to think back to the times where I was at a party or a, you know my local CD place called Bart's CD Cellar or at a friend's house or in a car that I stopped. You know, you stop. You stop even listening to people around you. You're like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. What was that? And so my first song is by a little-known Canadian band called Bedouin Sound Clash, and it's When the Night Feels My Song. So beautiful. It's a reggae sort of soft rock sound, but 
it, it's one of those that the harmonies, not the guitar playing's great, but the harmonies, when he's like, when the and they all hit those harmonies, yeah. it's it's Bob Marley, it's Eric Clapton, it's the Stones, it's everything that like made music weird and interesting to me. That's what this song yes. was. I don't know how it's it was. An, for you. It's an amalgam of. It's exactly what you said. It's an amalgam of sounds. It's it's easy listening, but it's it feels important. It feels driven. It feels like it has a purpose. Um, I re- I mean lyrically, I think it's beautiful. I think, um, you know, coming from a like I don't know what kind of scene that I would. I mean, would you say that this is? Um, like a little more relaxed, a more reggae sound influence. What do you think? I would agree with you. Everybody, it's under reggae or soft rock. But when I saw Bedouin Sound Clash, there used to be a tour back in the early 2000s called Ska is Dead. The Ska is Dead tour. And they would do, all these ska bands would come and it would be like a five or six bands. And Ska is Dead 3 Bedouin Sound Clash randomly opened. It was like Bedouin Sound Clash, Voodoo Glow Skulls, um, Less Than Jake, a couple other people, you know, like the pop Mm -hmm. punk with horns sort of vibe. And these guys came out and played like groovy ass (laughs) reggae, like dub, like real dub. Mm -hmm. And things that have soul and things that, you know, will move you. And it's not, and not in a cultural appropriation way. They're not doing the blah, blah, you know, like what, or are taking a Bob Marley song. They're just, they're embodying a style of music all to their own. And I always thought that was, that was cool because I always feel like I'm a tree in a city, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was growing out of the concrete. Yeah. And that's sort of what these guys Very much so. Very much like an organic feeling in an industrial space. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. You know, in 2004, as all young people, I know you felt this mm-hmm. way. I, I was always searching for a place that I belong to. So when he hits those notes, you know, like when the you know, like when the night feels my song, I'll be mm-hmm. home. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's that's the goal, right? That's what we're talking about. These songs are so important to us. They make us feel at yeah. home. They make us feel safe. Yeah and understood and wanted and though and that's what this song did for me as a you know 14 15 year old kid amazing wow what a soft landing spot for you that you could experience that yeah what well, <laughs> i was li- i mean i was listening to like limp biscuit before them <laughs> classic and then, we love you, know, you limp biscuit. it's so funny it's like the <laughs> god you know like pop music can always distort your view and distort what you're looking oh, at yeah. in good and bad mm-hmm. ways and then once something like a James Blake or Bedouin Soundclash or somebody breaks you out of that and it's like, oh, sh- whoa. Even at that young age, we're like, holy. Yeah. Whoa, a a breath. It's that a mystery. resolve in the moments of like, you know, mega, the birth of the internet and MySpace and, you know, aggressive sounds that had to be in your face to promote you know, either capitalism or the resistance to capitalism. <laughs> so. Oh, 100%. A1 on your first oh, awesome. song. All right. So then we're going to go to another little known band that 
I adored when I found them. And this album, Without a Sound by Dinosaur Jr. And the song is Feel the Pain. And I love this song because, A, I was got really into Nirvana. And there's a like a double album of Nevermind or something. And it had a DVD. And Kurt Cobain says in that DVD, he goes, well, I only wanted to be dinosaur jr like dinosaur jr the meat puppets like that's all i wanted to be Mm -hmm. anyways i was i've never even heard of these bands and so i ran down to bart cd seller and i bought without a sound and it was rock and roll it was but it wasn't my dad's rock and roll Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it was it was something that wasn't my dad was a huge Bob Marley and Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, so it wasn't I shot the sheriff or the house is a rocking, don't come and knock right. that, right. you know, like it wasn't my dad's rock and roll and it wasn't my grandfather's Frank Sinatra. This was, but it wasn't something that was like in your face, stupid, like Limp Bizkit or like swearing, but this was like, yo, I like to drink and I like to feel the pain of everybody. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, dude, I get that. I fucking get that. That's sort of me. Yeah, I would have to say this is probably my top song on your list. I really love Dinosaur really? Jr. I love this song. I like the album. I mean. Oh, without a sound. Even like, when that tempo change comes in, it really fills you with something that there aren't words for. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Know? And when Jay sings, well, is it mm-hmm. up to me? Oh, it's so, so good. good. It's just there's something about it. There's just and it's so simple. I mean, literally every verse is, I feel the pain of everyone. That's and it. Then, and everything feels yeah, nothing. And then, I feel and then that nothing. chord change. I feel the pain wow. of everyone and then I feel nothing. Like mood, number one. Yeah. <laughs> but also, totally, right? But it, oh, it just literally shows the expansiveness of human emotion. And that's so important. And then it really does feel like that sonically as well in the song. I, I always love it, too, because Nevermind came out in 1994 and Without a Sound came out in 1994. And I think Without a Sound, I love Nirvana and I know our Nirvana faithful will get very mad at me. But Without a Sound is a better record. Wow. <laughs> it's so good. It's pretty, I mean, it's good. it is top to bottom. It is pretty good. Yeah, it's just top to bottom. It has more emotion than Nevermind. Like... I love Kurt and you can get mad. I'm around. You know, cool, man. Smell like teen spirit, bro. But like feel the pain is deeper. It's trying to understand why he doesn't feel Mm -hmm. anything. Like, why is it up to me? Why is it? What? Why am I alive? And that's a question I ask myself all the time. (laughs) Every day. Yeah. How did I get picked? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, obviously I am also a very huge fan of Nirvana and I love Nevermind, but I think with Nirvana, the content was so relatable because it was, it was an echo chamber of his own mind. It was, it it felt deep and in the pit and inescapable. And Dinosaur Jr. is seeking out. It's it's seeking resolution. Whereas, you know, Nirvana is very much like, there is no resolution. This is who I am. So it just speaks to a totally different 
way of processing and feeling and thinking. Um, both are amazing in their own right, but I, I would agree, like, this album is definitely a little more sonically cohesive. Like, it's a through album. You want to start from top to bottom. You want to go through the whole experience and come out the other side. Um, yeah, I really fuck with this song. <laughs> the next album I'm going to talk about is a good segue. These two albums... Yes are i think my favorite of the 90s neutral milk hotel it's in the airplanes over the seas was the album and the song i love is holland 1945 stunning beautiful record right it's just there's something about neutral milk hotel they're sort of trendy now that because they were on parks and rec and different things but jeff mangum he's a recluse i mean i was so blessed i got to see him recently actually well Mm -hmm. like six years ago there's something about him. I mean, there's something about his songwriting. There's something about this record and something about it speaking in 1998. Because in November of 1998, NSYNC's album comes out and they become number one in the world. And this is a complete, I mean, if this, if NSYNC was the North Pole, this is the South Pole deep in the Arctic. I mean. Well, yeah, 100. It's, it's so, it's so intimate. Totally. It's so personal it's almost like you feel like you're list- like reading someone's diary when you listen to this album and this record in particular everything that comes together and how he's saying it is yeah. insane to me i mean he and and using it's a punk record but they have people playing the saw there's two songs that they play the saw on that record and then and they have yeah, literally, they're playing an actual wood wooden saw. It's like it's madness. It's it sounds like a. How does one play a wooden saw? Use a bow. Like how how do you even come up with that idea? Yep, rednecks in West Virginia, man. When you have a <laughs> lot of time facts. on your hands, <laughs> and it's like, man, I want to make spaceship sounds. I want to do spaceship, and it sounds exactly like a spaceship. <laughs> really does he can speak in that accent he can speak in that accent guys because he's from colorado yeah okay as a southerner he can speak in that accent thank you and i have a pretty good southern accent and most southern people like me so just say (laughs) i was trying to pick a song off this record and this one did it for me just because i'm a huge history buff and to write a song about anne frank and to write in a perspective of her little brother I thought it was a fascinating mm-hmm. way to write it. Yeah, that's what I was reading when I was researching this song, which is like the the direction of taking that from somebody of such high notoriety and such a sad story and, and taking it from somebody who had to witness it and really isn't talked about is it's it's haunting. Yeah, it really is. And, it, and you could only do this song if you were completely honest. But yeah, I just I love Jeff and I think that Holland 1945 is such an honest song and on an honest record. Yeah. From a guy Just everyone from that era too, like yeah. him, you know, then you have Fleet Foxes, oh, you have, totally. you know, all of those um, Bonnie Vare stemming totally. from that. You know, even like Keaton Henson, if anyone knows who that is. Oh, like he's, yeah. He's I mean, he will be probably on the next episode. But okay, so what about your next one? Okay, so my next one's sort of in the same vein. It's uh, yes. Built to Spill, The Plan, off yes. it, Keep It Like a so Secret good. Record. And I love Doug Marsh. I think Doug Marsh is my spirit animal, if I had one. 
He is he's bald <laughs> like me. He's a badass guitar player, but kind of crappy at guitar playing like me. You and you have he, to plug the bald. <laughs> you have to plug it. Male pattern baldness <laughs> is a trigger word for me. <laughs> okay. It's, and somebody who can rock the shit out of it and make great music is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I just love how the plan starts. It just builds up really quick, and it's like, the plan keeps coming up again. It's great. Built to Spill was Neutral Milk Hotel. If Neutral Milk Hotel liked big, heavy guitar solos and avant-garde yes. sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I agree. They Yes. It's like, it's like their rowdier, like cooler, older cousin, kind of, you know? A little more nuanced, a little more in your face. Yeah, totally. And I always just love a band from Boise, (laughs) Boise, Idaho, that signs to (laughs) Warner Brother Records and gets dropped after one album. I love that. I love it because they refuse to like be the 1997 grunge band. Which is the most grunge decision, right? Like never sell out. The most grunge decision. Like no you know, we're going to be dropped, but we don't want to produce another album under this label. Yeah, were you we now, Kurt Cobain? Sounds. You could have done the same thing, yeah. bro. Wow, you're really laying in. The Nirvana listeners are going to be so upset at this I'm podcast. sorry, guys. So the number one song for me growing mm-hmm. up was really hard for me to decide. I've was struggling because there's all male singers and male Mm -hmm. leads on my list. So Nora Jones's Come Away With Me almost went number one, which it's number six if it's not number one. I know that's weird, (laughs) but it's true. (laughs) Um, Because I don't think she beats out any other people on this list for me. But I didn't want to put her number one just because I felt like I needed to put a woman on it. Does that make any sense? Yeah, well, yeah, you don't you don't want to just put a woman on a playlist just because she is a woman, you know? You want to put her if it's your personal preference, then yeah, totally. do it. Totally. Like, and and I I love you know? female artists. God, they're some of the coolest most amazing artists I've worked for with and for are females. There's nothing but what shaped me as a kid was I had really strong women in my life. My mom was an amazingly strong lady. My aunts basically raised me. I had 27 women in my family. So I was looking for male figures. And my dad, that's a whole another complicated issue. But yeah, so I remember sitting with my Uncle Rick and he put in a Velvet Underground cassette. And there's a part at the beginning where a reporter asks Lou Reed right before they play Oh Sweet Nothing, which is a song. And he's like, are you a unique? Are you an original? And he's like, man, I'm an original like everybody else. And I thought that was the most (laughs) rock and roll gangster line I've ever heard in my entire life. And Oh Sweet Nothing came on. And that guitar line in the beginning, is gets me every time chills instantly yeah and lou reed can't sing for shit and the velvet underground (laughs) is a true punk band 1970s atlantic records no one thought they would agree nobody gave a shit and yeah 
I mean, the whole album Loaded oh. is just like, if you listen to the whole album, you'll understand yeah. why. Yeah, it's genius. And then adding, God, I, I'm spacing on her name, but adding her into the band makes it even better. Nico, mm, Nico. Yes. When they Nico. add her on the later records, but there's something about Loaded. It's all Lou Reed. And it's Lou Reed at his meanest and finest. Like, Oh Sweet Nothing is all about... He took the shoes right off her feet, like, and he landed on the street. He's leaving this woman. <laughs> like, he's, yeah. he's saying, oh, yeah. sweet nothings. Like, he just doesn't care. And there, yeah, he doesn't. There's a part <laughs> in this. Yeah, there's a part in the song that he's like trying to hit those high notes. He's like, shoo, shoo. And I just think that's like my favorite part in the song. I love it because it's honest, like we talked about. Lou Reed's one of the most honest people, you know, like he's, he coined the phrase, man, if it's more than three chords, it's fucking jazz, man. (laughs) And that's, that's great. I would, yeah, yeah. I would have to say my favorite lyrics from this is, and say a word for Joanna Love, she ain't got nothing at all because every day she falls in love and every night she falls when she does. Yeah. So good. What a line. Right? Oh, man. And there's just it something hits about you. You're like, oh. 1970. Like, 1970, yep. the Beatles just broke up. It's mm-hmm. all about melodic lyrics. It's all about, you know, uh, exile on Main Street. The Rolling Stones are coming out with that. Queen. It's all about these massive records. Boston's about to make a yep. record. Stadium mm-hmm. Rock's about to become a thing. Zeppelin 1 just came out in 69. All amazing yep, records, have, but l- yeah, you have Woodstock in '69. Oh, totally. Have, I mean, it's you have so much coming out at that time. Oh, Black Magic Glam Woman Rock by about to hit the scene. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody. There's, it's the golden age of polished guitar giants. You know, definitely, and definitely. As much as Leonard Skinner proved to me that you could be a fucking badass in white bell bottoms. Lou Reed taught me as a kid that like painting your nails black was cooler than any fucking thing in the world. And then like having attitude (laughs) and having things just saying, I'm going to go out and I'm going to will it. I'm just going to be who I want to fucking be. I think it's like the way I've always lived my life. Yeah. It's because of that. I can attest to that. Knowing you personally, I can attest to that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and I haven't seen your nails painted recently, but no, no, no. That, 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 was like that was a very that was a very short lived phase. That was a very short lived phase. <laughs> but that, that that's when I was really into Rancid, Op Ivy, and Velvet Underground. Um, wow. But yeah, I mean, the Velvet Underground for me is yeah, it's just that one band, especially from the seventies, which I love Zeppelin, and I. We'll probably have mm. top five Zeppelin songs, which we got to do at some oh, point. Because we're, we're both we'll do a whole big Zeppelin, Zeppelin episode. Oh, totally! We're, we're huge Zeppelin fans. And fuck anybody who says Zeppelin's weak out there. Get the lead yeah. out, dude. To be, yeah, it's I just yeah. I we'll talk about that a oh, whole yeah. different we, day. We, we're not trying to anger the Zeppelin fans. Oh, I know. And, and, and there's and the Nirvana fans. Totally. I mean, I'll go after anybody. I don't care. Shots fired right over here. I don't give a shit. Shots fired. Honesty is key. We're in a safe space yeah. here on this podcast. So that uh, that's my top five 
Five songs uh, that shape you me. You rock, literally. You are a rock and roll kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty. It's not Love as it. uh, eclectic as yours. I uh, I was listening That's to okay. yours today before the episode, and I was like, God, uh-huh. she's like, you're like educated. I'm like really educated <laughs> and nerdy on guitars. Like I can talk about like, but guitar is so fundamental in so much music. Totally, guitar is so important. Yeah, twenty years ago, just because I've. <laughs> It no, not at all, not at all. I mean, you have them in bands like the 1975. You have them oh, in War like on Drugs. 80, like even in even in like hip hop, you have Travis Scott. You have you know Travis Scott, "Piss on Your Grave." That's a guitar led oh. song in hip hop. There's so much. I mean, now you have genres that don't even are being created that haven't ever existed, where you're merging yeah. so many different. Oh, like neo soul and this whole rise of neo soul yeah. and. And yeah, you have Tom Mish, amazing artist who's guitar driven. Totally. You know, you have Moses Sumney who's guitar driven, who is mostly just kind of a, you know, solo amp, you know, ambient yeah. singer. And, oh, it's, and th- it's great. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, what the one of the biggest songs in 2019 was Circles by Post Malone, and that's guitar driven. Right. So, yeah, super, the guitar's still important. Driven. It's just. For me, and why I'm so excited about this podcast, and welcome everybody, is <laughs> I've studied guitar for probably 18, 20, close to 20 years now, and I'm excited wow. to study other, like, get into just vocalists, get into, yeah. and that's what you've always shown me, and that's why we're here on His <laughs> and Hers Podcast. And that's what we're yeah, gonna do. Um, yeah, we're we're merging our worlds together. Hopefully, we can create together a system of pretty expansive music taste. Yeah, and hopefully, we can <laughs> expand cool. your guys's music taste out there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Definitely. I wanted to say thank you, everybody, for listening to our first episode. You can find me if you want to find me on stupid social medias. On Instagram, I'm Phileo Fisher. Sarah is? I am Sarah Sita with uh, three A's. And the uh, Sita is with an S. So S-A-R-A-S-I-T-A-A-A. Sweet. And we will be posting our um, playlist on our Instagrams after each episode is released. So if you guys want to listen to our uh, playlist with us and go on this journey with us, we'll definitely have those released on the day that we... Uh, we released the episode, and this was so fun, yeah. Sarah. I gotta say, this was I had such a good time. So fun. I hope I hope the audience listening really appreciated listening to one of our many conversations that we have. Yeah, off and of if you recording. didn't, <laughs> shooting the shit. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and and if you didn't, whatever. Come back later. Yeah, exactly. And so next week we are going to be doing. Do you want to say what our next topic is, there, Sarah? No, you go ahead. Okay. Do you guys remember (laughs) this magical place when you were a teenager called MySpace? MySpace. MySpace. Huge. And the top five songs. What was your song that instantly started playing when someone went to your page? And that you will find out. Yeah, you will find out. Who's to say? Who's to say? If you guys want to 
play along, you should start thinking about it too. Let us know what your thoughts are on it. Yes, please. And DM us on Instagrams. We're going to start a Facebook here soon for the his and hers. Mm -hmm. So you guys can hit us up there and uh website once we get there as well so uh, and and we're going to be starting a patreon in the coming months absolutely if you're looking for extra content if you're looking to geek out more or just uh listen to us ramble for a little bit of time start keeping your ears perked for that as well and all patreon members we're going to start doing an interview series so we're going to do exclusive interviews with artists we've worked with but you can only get it on the patreon if you give any money on the patreon any money donation based <laughs> but yeah thank you for listening guys yeah, this absolutely. has been so much we'll fun we'll catch you with. next week again check out the playlists on our Spotify's and Instagram thanks so much this is His and Hers see ya